thanks for coming back and joining us for the second episode of Movie Podders. Um, with myself, Brian, and also with me today, again, is my good friend, Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? You alright? I'm not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. You been up too much since we last spoke? Uh, no, no, I've um, just been doing the usual. Watched um, War for the Planet of the Apes um, at the end of the week, so... Apart from that, not much, just doing the day job and all that kind of stuff, so into the real real work now. Uh, without giving anything away, did you enjoy it? Very much so, yes. Yeah. Two, thumb- also, two thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. I also went to see it as well, which really enjoyed, and yesterday I managed to convince Amelia to come and see Spider-Man with me, which she said she really enjoyed, so continually convincing her that superhero films are good films yeah so do you want to tell the guys what we're going to be talking about today yeah so today we're going to be talking about the latest trailers uh the black panther pictures that have been released cast and news for fifteen seventeen to paris and the irishman uh, as well as that um a bit of news about the latest scarface movie um, we're also going to do the rundown, so this will just cover some of the other movie news out there that we just don't have time to cover, and uh, we're also going to talk about our greatest villains and take some Twitter questions. Excellent. Um, what trailers first? Um, so yeah, so the, the first trailer that we're going to talk about is American Assassin. Um, we're also going to talk about Dark Hour, sorry, Darkest Hour, and um, Awaken. Um, so the, the first one is American Assassin. Um, it's produced by CBS Films and Lionsgate. Um, basically, a quick synopsis of it is that it's a CIA black ops recruit named Mitch Rapp, played by Dylan O'Brien, is uh, devastated by the loss of his girlfriend to a terrorist attack. CIA Deputy Director Irene Kennedy, Sana Lathan, um, assigns Cold War veteran Stan Hurley, who plays by Michael Keaton, to train a grief-stricken but highly motivated rap how to thwart terrorist operations and hunt the perpetrators. Um, It's also starring Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. So did you did you enjoy the trailer or? Yeah, it was alright. Um, I've and I, I don't think I'd saw the. I think there's been a trailer released before this. Yeah, this is this is the same one. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I saw the one before it. The the name of it just kind of put me off it straight away. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know why it, it kind of that it gave me an impression of that um film that was released recently with um, Superman's dad, I can't remember his name, Kevin Costner. Oh, Kevin Costner. Uh, yeah. Uh, Criminal. That one? Um, no, it was like Three Days to Die or something like oh, that. Right. Um, yeah, it reminded me a bit of that, but um, I, I enjoyed the trailer. It was okay. Um, better than what I was expecting. Not sure how I feel about Hunger Games or Divergent or whichever one it is he's from the the main kind of character in it, but uh, yeah, it looks look good. He plays um, Scott Summer or Cyclops in the X Men Apocalypse. Does he? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, he doesn't. No, no. Sorry, I was reading about Ready Player One earlier today. That's who. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> mixing up my movies. Nice. Uh, I thought it looked. I, I'm really interested in it. I watched the first trailer as well, and this by watching the second one it sort of changed what how I thought the movie was going because um, in the first trailer you sort of only see Tyler Kitsch a couple of times and the first like minute of watching the second trailer here I'm thinking you just know Michael Keaton's going to be the bad guy here which could still be the case but then yeah. actually when you get to the second half of the trailer it looks like Tyler Kitsch has sort of been an ex-associate of Michael uh, Michael Keaton's character and is it Santa Lathan yeah, um, who's sort of went rogue, and obviously this new the new kid uh, by played by O'Brien is going to be the guy who looks like to take him down. But it sort of gave me like a not quite Jason Bond, but that sort of feel slightly more futuristic though with the sort of training. Mm-hmm. You sort of see like a little training, not so much montage, but with sort of like futuristic like um, holograms, don't you? That he's sort of practicing against. Yeah. Um, the main reason for me being interested though is Michael Keaton. Um, yeah. The last four films he's done, I've really enjoyed them all. You, you're talking about Birdman, Spotlight. Well, maybe really. Enjoy- I never really enjoyed Founder, but I did enjoy it. It's it's, a, it's an okay enough film, and it's, obviously he was just in Spider Man there as well. Yeah. Um, 
I couldn't work out who Latham Latham is it Santa Santa Latham yeah was um, or is but she was in Blade she's the girl from Blade the first Blade movie I see have you seen Blade yeah 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 um, Tyler Kitch is sort of uh, he was obviously in Friday Night Lights that's where he sort of came through which I, he's my favourite character in that So and I kind of liked him as Gambit as well even though he's not really in the film much but he's not really done much uh, but in general I'm, I quite enjoyed the trailer actually I think if you like if you like Bourne or if you like if you've watched uh, Ben Affleck's accountant last year it'd probably be worth checking this trailer out yeah, I I, re- I really um, liked it. I, as I say, I had no really expectations, and I probably wouldn't have normally watched it, but um, I did quite like it. I, I feel I, I still think that Michael Keaton is going to be the bad guy in it because yeah. I think I think it's the way the, the trailers cut. It's making you think like because I also had that feeling like it got to a point and I was like, oh, maybe he isn't going to be the bad guy, but. Just the way the the scenes that you could see, yeah. I started to think. I think it's been the way that it's been cut, as opposed to sure. Um, that's actually and what's going to happen. Yeah, and that sort of way that actually, like, yeah, they're chasing Tyler Kitch's character, but actually he might be working on the side of good. Yeah, sort of thing that you don't see. Yeah, you you're probably right. You probably I quite like Keaton as a bad guy, so yeah, yeah he's I'd good. be alright with that. Yeah. <laughs> So the next one that we've got there is The Darkest Hour. Um, so this is by Wonder Pictures, um, um, working title films. Um, so the synopsis in this one, within days of becoming Prime Minister, Winston Churchill, who's played by Gary Oldman, must face his most trub- sorry, turbulent and defining trial, exploring a negotiated peace treaty with Nazi Germany or standing firm to fight for the ideals, liberty and freedom of a nation. Um, also in this we've got Lily James of Downton Abbey and Baby Driver, Ben Mendelsohn of Rogue One. Um, so uh, I, I watched this one, uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't like thrilled with this one. Um, I don't know, something for it didn't quite click and as I said in like last week's episode, I, I quite like my war films but... This one, I don't know. I don't know if it's normally. I love Gary Oldman being like a chari- character, act- character, yeah. character, character, <laughs> character. He's a good actor. Actor, um, but I didn't. I don't know. I, I don't see him as Churchill. And there was a bit when he was shouting in the trailer, and all I heard was Gary Oldman. I didn't hear like Churchill, which I I, I don't know. So, something for me though didn't quite um, click for me. But I liked. I liked the idea of it that. That they're exploring a side of the war that's not really been looked at before. That at one point we were, like we were kind of talking to Germany, and the, the, potentially it could have like swung that way where we became allies with Germany. I don't think it was ever really going to happen, but yeah, there was that kind of um, possibility. So I like that they're looking at that idea of things, but um, yeah, it didn't really do much for me. What about yourself? Um. I, I quite liked it in terms of Gary Oldman he's a bit hit or miss for me there's some things he's in it. I mean obviously it's Commissioner Gordon in, in the Nolan yeah. Batman films I, I love him um, I love him in a film that is probably you either love or hate it is the bad guy in Fifth Element uh, yep. I know it's a pretty sort of um, over the top character but I, I, I love him in, in that yeah it's so um, yeah, I, I quite like. Obviously, it's a bit more. I was sort of talking about the other day how war films are, are, are kind of hit and miss with me. They're not my sort of favourite things, but I quite like political things. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, this is probably leaning more to that political sort of side of things, like the what went on, the, essentially the guys in the rooms and not out on the battlefield. So, yep. um, that interests me. I loved a bit in the trailer. I don't know if this may be the bit you didn't like when he sort of says, like, you don't. Um, uh, trying to reason with a tiger when your head's in its mouth. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm certainly interested. Um, the the other two uh, actors that you mentioned there with with Lily James and um, how do you say his name? Ben Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, <laughs> I really like the both of them. When I've I've not seen Ben Mendelsohn in, in too much, but obviously the last thing we saw him was was Austin Krennic in mm-hmm. Rogue One. Um, which I thought he was fantastic at in Rogue One. Yeah. And Lily James is, I've never seen Downton Abbey, but she, uh, I loved it in Baby Driver. She was Cinderella as well, wasn't she? Yeah. 
in a, which I actually enjoyed that film. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect to, but again, she's great in that. So, um, she, I've only seen her in two things, and both things I've enjoyed her. So, I'll I'll go and watch her for now, uh, and sort of until she maybe has a bad one. But I'll probably still go watch it anyway. Um, so, just with those three in the cast, that enough would make me go want to go to the cinema to to see, it, and obviously with the the political swing of the movie. Yeah, I think for me it probably depends what was on that weekend. Like it would be down in the kind of pegging order for me, but um, I, I probably would if I if I had like a spare bit of time or something, then I probably would um, look at giving it a go and watching it. But it's by no means something I think I'll go out my way to to try and watch. Yeah, and we've got one more trailer. Yeah, yeah. So last one was for Awaken. Um, we don't really have too much on this. It's a documentary. Um, and it's been filmed over the last five years in 30 different countries, and it's exploring the relationship between humanity and technology. Um, to be honest, I didn't really know what to make of this one. Uh, I watched it, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I'm not sure how this can be a film or how this could be something you go and, go and see in the cinema. It looks like a trailer, an, an advert for like a holiday somewhere. Um, but there was like a, a few shots in it that, I really liked and I thought were really good and I think it'll be good to see on a big screen but I'm not too sure how I feel about it as being like some kind of movie that you would go and see See, I, I loved it like I was just like, I don't know if it was just the pretty colours <laughs> or the like the the shots some of the shots, like just the, the time lapse shots, I've never seen anything like those before mm-hmm. um, it gave me a sort of Planet Earth vibe Um which is amazing to watch as well. I have a feeling that it's not going to be on the big screen. I think it might be like to one of the services like Amazon Prime or Netflix yeah, uh, sort of thing, um, which is kind of a shame. I'd love to see it on a big screen, uh, especially like an IMAX, um, which in my opinion is the best way to see, see any film, mm-hmm. um, as long as you're not putting on 3D glasses. Um, it really intrigued me. I I, I want to know more. I, I certainly I certainly will definitely watch it uh, when it's out. Um, whether that be on one of the the whatever service it gets put onto, or if it is in cinema, I would definitely make the time to to go see it. Just because it's it's new. I'm pretty sure they're using new technology as well. Okay. So that just interests me to see what it would look like on on a big screen. Yeah, like it, I think it would definitely be more suited for the likes of Netflix or whatever. Like I think that would be a better medium for it. Um, and I definitely think that if you saw it on like IMAX, because the the trailer that I watched was like a four K trailer. Um, so I, I couldn't actually see like what the the full quality was. But I've seen some stuff in four K, and it really is like a kind of step above HD. So I think if you could get that on the likes of an IMAX screen. It would, it would be pretty impressive. So, uh, I, I, like, I, I just don't think, I don't know if it's something that I would, again, go out my way to watch. It'd be something that'd be nice to watch, I think, and probably, like, quite calming based on if they have, like, music playing over, like, what you had in that trailer. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure if it'd be something that, again, I would kind of go out my way to watch. Yeah. No, fair enough. So, um, we'll move on to some, some news now and we'll. Have we chat about that? The first first news story we've got today um, is that Black Panther has released some pictures from the the sort of not so much the set, but the, the what we we will end up seeing in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your opinions? First opinions on those pictures? Well, my first opinions are that when we were talking before and I tried to look up the photos, I was getting <laughs> some different photos. I just searched Black Panther new pictures and I was getting a lot of like the activist movement pictures and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is a bit different than what I was expecting. Uh, but no, I looked up like the, obviously the actual pictures from the movie and uh, yeah, it does. It looks good. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not, quite feeling it yet but I think I probably would need to see it all in context and uh, in a trailer kind of format like a, a wee bit more of a, a better one but from the ones I've seen like a, it looks good I'm, I'm not sure if I like the look of um, <sighs> Flora's Whitaker 
No. Uh, Michael B. Jordan? Yes, that's the one. Sorry, name totally went for me there. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the look of Michael B. Jordan. His hair annoys me in it, like, unnecessarily, but otherwise everybody else looks good. Looking forward to Andy Serkis being in it as well. Yeah, uh, he's he can't do anything wrong for me at the moment, uh, Andy Serkis. I, 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 I think the pictures look great. I, li- I love how colourful they are, um, which seems to be the Marvel's going down that that sort of route with mm-hmm. really colourful films I mean if you've just seen Guardians that came out there which was just really bright colours and like especially on Ego the the colours are amazing I love that scene when they're coming in on the, the wee spaceship um, and then the, the Thor trailer that was out as well really I, mean, I guess Thor in general with the Rainbow Bridge like sort of thing but uh, really bright colours Um I think all the characters look good. Forrest Whitaker, I think I like the look of him. Um, my only issue is that with Forrest Whitaker, is who in general I love as an actor, it, I thought he was terrible in Rogue One. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. And so I worry that we, I worry with him is that we get another over the top, bizarre performance. Um, especially if it's going to be like a, a sort of tribal character. Um, like Michael B. Jordan, I don't have a problem with his hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what I've got from the pictures with Michael B. Jordan and with um, the trailer as well, I think he might be in the film more than I than maybe was suggested, or what at least what I certainly thought he was going to be. Um, I thought he was maybe just going to be a sort of side character, but there's been a few photos of him released now, and he he was in the trailer clearly in different scenes as well. Um, so we might get we might get a bit more of him than we thought. I hope not at the the loss of Andy Andy Serkis because I, I thought he, I know he was only in Age of Ultron for five minutes, but I I loved that little scene with him and the um what's their names? I've totally forgot their names. The two the twins, um, uh, Scarlet Witch and oh yeah, uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, Quicksilver. I love that little scene. He just his sort of confidence. Yeah. Like he had he's sitting sitting with two people who could easily defeat him. Yeah. But they they were the ones sort of scared of him. Yeah. Um which was really cool. Uh like Chaz McBosman as uh is it Bosman or Bozeman? Um as Black Panther mm-hmm. as well. I thought he was a good addition in Civil War. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah. So the next story we've got today is um this one really this this one really caught my eye, this story, just because of the sort of... Um, it's, just, it's a bit... It's, to me, it seems like strange casting. I'm sure it'll be fine. But Clint Eastwood is doing a film uh, based on a terrorist attack that happened in 2015. Um, he's cast... First of all, he's cast the three guys who were in it, who, who like, were... who sort of stopped this attack from happening. Three American soldiers... Um, I think they were sort of on holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, pa- a train going from Amsterdam to Brussels, or Amsterdam to Paris via Brussels. Um, Spencer Stone, Anthony S- uh, Salder, uh, and Alec... Um, is it Scalatus? Yeah. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing his, his name right there. Um, and if you've seen a Clint Eastwood film, first of all, he likes a true story. Um, he likes a patriotic story as well mm-hmm. um, there's always American flags flying somewhere and and his stories based on like is it letters to Yuma letters Yuma. from yeah flags of our father Invictus J. Edgar American Sniper Silly so he loves a true story and they're all they're all really serious mm-hmm. films he, he's with a serious tone maybe a little bit there's a wee bit of humour in Silly but not that certainly wasn't the that, that kind of movie but he's cast Jenna Fisher from The Office and she's also in Blades of Glory I think mm-hmm. she's in Hall Pass as well comedies uh, Judy Greer who's in slightly more uh, I guess dramatic or action based like with Jurassic World Ant-Man Arrested Development which is obviously just a comedy uh, Tony Hale who's also obviously play, is in uh, Arrested Development and then Thomas Lennon who you've probably seen yeah. in loads of stuff like I know he's in the episodes of like New Girl um, 
like he's been in like uh, is it Chicken Robot? He was in Seventeen again. He was in I Love You, Man. You you will have seen him in things. You yep. maybe just not be able to place where, but all comedies. And so I found it really interesting that Clint Eastwood has cast these four people, who at least in my um, opinion or how I know them, are comedy comedy actors. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really interested to see how that's going to play out in a Clint Eastwood film. Who doesn't he seem like the kind of guy who's up for a laugh? I'm being, if I'm being honest with you, he seems a bit, he's a bit tense. Yeah. Um, I'm most excited for Jenna Fisher because although The Office is very much a comedy, it does have some emotional beats to it, and like especially between her and Jim, and even when the the scene I think of her in terms of like the sort of diverts a little bit from comedy was when Michael left. Spoilers uh, in the seventh season. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how these guys um, performing, and which I I fully expect to be a full on serious serious movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I remember like hearing a wee bit about this, but I, to be honest with you, I didn't know much about it until you'd uh, mentioned it to me. Um, and then I had a wee read about it, and I vaguely remember like hearing about this on the news. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that he's using like the actual soldiers involved t- in the, the the movie to play that themselves. Um, I wonder uh, uh, from what I was reading, like I, I don't know how much of a part they're going to play in it. Like I, I think they're maybe going to be focusing more on the, their life before, like this point in time. So you yeah. see, like. Be more flashbacks and then coming back to like present point or present time when this is going on. But yeah, it's interesting that he's cast these people in the movie. Um, as you say, all kind of mainly comedy based, or that's been where their work has probably mainly been. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how how that goes and how they're used. But I don't really have any concerns over it as such because I think that. A lot of like the, the best actors out there have came from comedy or yeah, have yeah, like definitely. deep comedy roots. So I, I don't really have any concerns over them being able to do like the dramatical side of things. It's probably going to come from the um, from the movie, but yeah, I think I think as well with Clint Eastwood is like even if you don't like his films, whether it be just like that film never hit with you, or I know some people have issues with the sort of political side of, of Clint Eastwood films um, he doesn't do bad films mm-hmm. like even, even if you don't like it, it's probably not because it's, it's just a piece of, piece of garbage, do you know what I mean it's probably just because for whatever reason that's what the, the topic just didn't sit, didn't sit well with you, you didn't enjoy it but it won't be because it's rubbish um, so yeah, interested to, to see it um, uh, especially, like I say, I'm a Jenna Fisher fan, and probably just because she plays Pam in The Office, which is one of my favourite favourite comedy shows of all time. Yeah. Um, next casting as well, I'm kind of excited about this. Um, is Joe Pesci? At, well, only, only not so much only the first one, but I couldn't leave Ray uh, Romero out as well. Joe Pesci and Ray Romero have been cast in The Irishman, uh, which is Martin Scorsese's latest project, which is based on the book. Uh, I heard you paint houses, um, which is about a guy called Frank Sheeran, who's going to be played by Robert De Niro, um, and it's really just about his life and I think how he became the sort of biggest mobster. Uh, on like he was one of the only two non-Italians on the FBI's famous uh, La Cosa Nostra list, um, and it's about I think the murders uh, that sort of he was like meant to have committed. Um, but the fact that you've got Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, and Robert mm-hmm. De Niro in a Scorsese mobster movie, uh, I think it's pretty exciting. Fair enough. Al Pacino really hasn't done anything for a while. Obviously, neither has Joe Pesci, uh, which is I kind of thought Joe Pesci had stopped acting. I think he's done like three films since nineteen ninety eight. That nineteen ninety eight was when. Lethal Weapon 4 came out, which I never realised Lethal Weapon 4 was almost 20 years ago, which is kind of a little bit (laughs) scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But even even the sort of later film, because obviously Joe Pesci's sort of famous for Casino and and Goodfellas, um, which might come up later on, Goodfellas with with Joe Pesci, um, 
in our favourite favourite villains section. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's in Raging Bull as well, which is obviously an Oscar Sazy film, so obviously Goodfellas as well. So it it'd be really interesting to see him in one of these films again. Yeah. And I hope he's a bad guy. Like I I, I really do hope he's a bad guy because him and and uh, Goodfellas when he plays uh, Tommy DeVito, um, he's such a great character. Uh, Ray Romaro, if, if you don't know who that is, guys, he's, you everybody loves Raymond. You probably seen it when you were getting ready for work or school <laughs> in the morning at like <laughs> to eight o'clock. That's the only time I remember it being on yeah. TV. Aye. Um, or if you don't know, if you don't know that, he voiced is it Manny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you certainly recognise his voice. Yeah. Um, this has been for me. This has been something that I've I've heard about it, and I, I wasn't really that interested. Like gangster movies, don't they're weird. Like I I don't have any initial interest in them, but I'll sit and watch them, and I'll enjoy them, and usually think that they're pretty good. And this has been one that I've like heard about more because they were talking about the. Um, CGI and stuff that they're going to be using and all the the de- or age, was it de-aging um, that they're yeah. going to be using on it so that was how I heard about this initially um, and heard that it was going to be like groundbreaking use of, of the technology but I hadn't really heard much about the story or, or what it's going to be about and so I, ha- I didn't really have too much interest in yeah. it but it's been one that's like slowly but surely just like gearing up and I've been getting more and more interested in yeah. Um, so yeah and as you say, like all the, the people that you listed, and uh, like for who's going to be starring in it, then that's again just adds like another layer to it. I just hope that all these actors who have been cast, and I don't have any problems or any concerns about Joe Pesci, but Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, I hope are like step up compared to what they've been like recently because they've been in some pretty bad stinkers. Yeah, I think Robert De Niro doesn't. Uh, concern me at all either because he has been in some stinkers, but he's also done he's also done good movies in between that as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pacino, um, I don't know from someone who, like, I think I don't know if he, he would still want it, but like, uh, obviously we've been interested in movies for most of our lives, and if you'd looked at like the best actor list ten years ago, Pacino was always at the top of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that would be the case yeah. anymore. Um, Especially with DiCaprio these days, um, but I th- going back your talk, going back to the the movie as well. Like obviously, if anyone doesn't know, like one of the big reasons that this movie was made a big deal when it was first announced as well is it's going straight to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are sort of starting to discuss the sort of like what sort of pulling power does Netflix have that they can get the rights to a film with Scorsese as a director. Yeah. Um, De Niro, Al Pacino, now Joe Pesci's added in. People might not know who Joe Pesci is. Um, if they're maybe even like, I guess some people even our age, if they don't watch that many movies, um, he's in Home Alone. Yeah, that's probably the best. Like he plays Harry in Home Alone. Yeah, that'd be the. That's probably the one where everyone has seen this guy. On this, like. I don't know. Everyone must have seen Home Alone, surely. If you haven't, watch it. It's one of the best Christmas films ever. I love him as Leo Getz as well. Okay, and, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good. No, he is. He's yeah, especially because I mean, obviously, Lethal Weapon's quite funny, but he's that sort of added comic relief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that no, no, he, no. Yes, he's good. In, he's good in the Lethal Weapon films. <laughs> Um, last bit of news before we sort of move on to some other well we've got more news but we won't be discussing it in any any detail um, David Ayers has is, uh, exited uh, being a director of Scarface um, apparently the studio didn't like where he was heading with it, it was too dark um, David Ayers if you don't know he's directed Suicide Squad, Fury End of Watch and In Harsh Times um, what I don't really understand. Do you know what studio it's with? Sorry, I don't have that information. Um, no, I'm not. I, th- I think it might be Sony. I'm not 100 percent right. sure, but um, I've just got a feeling it might be Sony that's uh, got it. Have you seen Harsh Times or End of Watch? No, I've heard um, End of Watch is alright, but I've not. Harsh Times is okay as well. Christian Bale's in Harsh Times. It's sort oh, of like, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, I think I might know the one you're on about. Yeah. Um, 
they're both quite heavy dark films and so I've not seen Fury um, I, I've heard it's amazing um, yeah. I've not had the time to come back to war films they don't always draw my attention so Suicide, Suicide Squad um, probably the less said about that the better <laughs> um, Bad if just going by his films Harsh Times and End of Watch he wrote Training Day as well mm-hmm. um, which I mean, it's not it's not super dark but it's it's deals with like, it's got some dark moments so surely they knew what they were getting with David Ailes especially Scarface if you're doing a Scarface film yeah, it's like it's, uh, it's going to be dark. I mean, how dark was he? He was going. I, I, well, I think they need to do something. Like I, I think they should go as dark as they can because they need to do something to separate themselves from the old one. Um, and sorry, just to jump in on myself here, it's Universal Pictures. Who's Universal Pictures? Aye. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that they need to do something different because they want a piggyback on the the previous Scar Scarface, but. They need to do something to set themselves apart. So, I think they were like talking about they were going to make it more like, um, based on like obviously like Mexican gangs and, and as opposed to like Cubans and that that was in the the previous one. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they should go with it. Like I, I saw Fury and it, that was one of my favourite films of that year that was out. Um, like Brad Pitt, uh, sorry, Brad Pitt and um, Shia LaBeouf like were brilliant in it, and then I think John Bernthal's in it as well, and he was like really yeah, good. Yeah, he was. Uh, I remember him from the trailers. Yeah, so um, like if I think that it's a, a big mistake letting them go uh, or are not following through. Like I don't think enough studios have faith in the, the ideas that these directors are putting forward, and I think that when they do show like. Absolute faith in, yeah, in, like in the movies. You, the, the films you get are unreal. Yeah, S- especially when you look at things like two of the most f- two of the. I mean, obviously, maybe not famous for the, the casual movie watcher, but we we, we love superhero films. Um, it's something that we've been like we've shared with each other for years now. Mm-hmm. But two of the most famous two of the, the Two of the worst superhero films in the last few years, and and I, I like Suicide Squad. I've got it on Blu-ray, so I don't hate it, mm-hmm. but it certainly has lots of issues. Would be Suicide Squad and the most recent Fantastic Four, which were just like full of studio influence, yeah, and not letting the directors do what they want to do. And then I know you've not seen it yet, but then you get uh, is it Jenkins? What's her name? Yeah, Patty Jenkins, who pretty much got to. Because she, t- I mean, she took Wonder Woman away to film it, uh, away from the studio. So I guess they couldn't be as involved as maybe they, much as they wanted to be. But she had so much more control over her film, mm-hmm. and you get a you got a better product for it in the end. Now that's not to say that studio interference is always a bad thing. I'm sure there's times where the studio getting involved has probably improved the film. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, obviously going down the Mexican route makes a lot of sense. Diego Luna's in it, um, who. Um, I've only, I think I've only seen him in Star Wars. Yeah, he's been uh, in something before that. Like my my niece was talking about it, but I don't remember what it was. And she like, I think he is quite popular with the the kids these days. All right, I wonder what he was in. <laughs> he was in the Terminal, which I've seen, but that was years ago, so I wouldn't be able to tell you what it was about. Try to see. Oh, he's in Elysium. Is he? Again, I wouldn't have been able to pick out his character. He's probably one of the guys he gets the suit from, isn't he? Do you know when he gets his... Have you seen Elysium? A long time ago, I don't remember too much of it. Yeah. I mean, it, talking about Delego Luna, though, um, he was probably my favourite character in, in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved him in it, and, and so anything... Anything he's in at the moment, just from based on that last performance, I'd I'd want to go see, especially Scarface. Scarface was one of my favourite films growing up. Yeah, um, um, I've probably changed my <laughs> mind on it a wee bit. It's not as it's more so the performance of Al Pacino that's amazing. The film itself, I think, is okay, but Pacino's so good in it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a shame. I, 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 I don't know how you can have Scarface and it not be dark. The yeah. first one's dark. I want that pure cheesy. 80s music as well like and Scarface like I know we probably won't get it but I, I sort of love the feel of, of the first first Scarface the second Scarface 
Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, it is my it's first Scarface. To another question later. Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic point. It is, it is a remake. Um, so we're going to quickly do the rundown. It's just there's a, there's obviously been loads of news comes out each week. We're only doing this sort of once a week, and we can't sort of touch on anything. So just this is just a list of things that we interested us, but we just didn't have enough time to talk about it. Um, there's a movie coming out called A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, they've released a first pictures. Um, star, it's got Oprah in it, Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, and Chris Pine. Uh, certainly go and check out those pictures. Matt Reeves plans for a new Batman script. He's, he's released his sort of plans for that. He's dropped uh, Deathstroke, which I'm sure loads of people are going to be upset about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Colette Sarah. <laughs> I, I even messaged my, my fiance because she's half Spanish, how to pronounce this guy's name, but Isn't I've totally forgotten which is. Wham, I think wham. she said. I don't know. She'll let me know if I got that right uh, later. He looks like he's lined up to direct the next Suicide Squad, which obviously means that it's not going to be Mel Gibson anymore, or even if, if he was ever going to do it. Matt Reeves may direct more Apes movies. Let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ready Player One has released its very first image um, for the, the, the Spielberg movie that's coming out. If you've not read that book... I cannot recommend more to read it. It's my favourite book of all time. Um, D23 started this weekend, started yesterday. Um, probably the two biggest things that, that aren't directly um, news about movies was that Carrie Fisher and Stan Lee were honoured in Disney Le- Disney's Legend Ceremony. Um, Incredibles 2 is going to start five minutes I think, or straight after the first one, and it's going to be more about Elastigirl this time than uh, Mr. Incredible. Um, some of the, the at the, one of the panels, the the audience members were showing a scene with Jack Jack fighting a raccoon. Uh, Josh Cooley is going to be directing uh, Toy Story Four, which means John Lasseter is uh, stepped down as co-director. I think he's still going to have some influence, as he does with all. Yeah. with all the Pixar films especially Cars 3 which is opening this week and The Begills I don't think I'll be seeing any of these films Ryan no um, I think I'm going to go and see Wonder Woman tomorrow and that'll probably oh, be my, brilliant. my whack um, yeah, I've seen two films last week um, probably just be one next week I'm going to see Dunkirk on Friday I've booked tickets for the IMAX is that Friday? Uh, 21st yeah oh, I'll need to get my tickets booked for that as well then uh, we've booked for that. I'll probably end up seeing that the following week as well. Anyway, uh, so added a, we've added a new um, little segment in. Would you like to tell the people what it's about, Ryan? Yes, so we're just going to talk about um, some of our favourite things. Um, we'll just do it like weekly and just pick out something random and just talk about it and just try and go into a wee bit of depth and get any feedback from you guys. Let us know like what your favourites of each thing that we're talking about. So this week we are going to be talking about our favourite villains. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. So it should be noted that we've not told each other who our favourite villains are. I reckon I can maybe guess Ryan's, but I'll probably get it wrong. <laughs> um, so what we'll do is... What we maybe do is just say who our favourite villains are each, so that because we're going to mention some sort of honourable mentions for each each other, but, but just so we, in case my honourable mention is your favourite villain, okay. So we'll just do it one at a time. In terms of movies, and he's probably actually my favourite villain in other formats as well. But specifically, Heath Ledger's Joker, um, and the Dark Knight is would be my favourite villain, um. I'll let you say who yours is before we go into a wee bit more more detail. Okay. Mine's is actually different. I was swithering between him, so um, Heath Ledger's Joker, and this one who I've chosen, which is Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Uh-huh. See, he's on my honourable mention list, because uh, I'm not sure you can not have Hans Gruber on any yeah. <laughs> any villain list. I thought you'd maybe go with uh, with Darth Vader. Yeah, he's on my list, but he's not. he's not quite there. The prequel's yeah. done some damage, so... <laughs> right, so they, so they did. I've, I just pretend they don't exist. I do my best, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. They're, they're still there in the background, aren't they? Lingering. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It, I think... I mean, obviously, with both... Both the villains we've picked there, like, with any good villain, like, I think you want to see more of them. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like it's Heath Ledger, like... 
in that Dark Knight film. I want to see more of him than I do Batman in that film. Yeah. He's just, he's amazing. And I love how crazy he is, how his story keeps changing, and how he's got his scars on his face. Even there's a scene in it that just like really sums it up for me. He, like he walks like a crazy person. <laughs> like see that bit when he blows up the the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Just the way he's walking away and like obviously stressed like a nurse. Um, he's amazing, and uh, like I say, I, I love the Joker in general. Like for those who don't know, I, I read a bunch of comic books, and Batman's probably my favorite comic book, and the Joker. It's just a great character, which is it's really funny because I'm pretty sure I said the other day about um, with villains, like when we were talking about Michael Keaton and um, Spider-Man, you sort of like, you, you can when you see the villain's point of view, you sort of enjoy them more, but like with the Joker, he has no, re- he has no yeah. reason other than chaos. Um, and I, I, I can't get enough of the Joker. Um, disappointed with I still I, I thought Jared Little was okay. Um, I don't have any like. Um, I don't think he was garbage or anything like that. Um, and I like Jack Nicholson as the the Joker as well. Even like see that the last scene in the Tim Burton's Batman when he falls off the the building at the end, mm-hmm. and he's just lying like on the ground, and you could just hear him laughing. Well, yeah. It's not him, but it's the wee machine thing. Yeah. Creeped me out <laughs> so much when it, see when I was a wee boy. I hated that scene. Like obviously, but you're watching it with like your parents, your brother, whatever, and you're trying to like just pretend it doesn't bother you. But I absolutely hated that scene when I was. And I think that's just like because he's such a good villain, like the Joker in general, that he does like creep you out, and he is like scary because probably because he doesn't have an agenda. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, he's he's. I think definitely the best portrayal of the Joker, the best DC villain, like across all their universes that they've created. I think he's the the best one out of the lot, and I think it's because he is so grounded in that it feels like he could be like a real actual psycho out there doing these like crazy things. And yeah, uh, Heath Ledger was brilliant as him, just the way that he's. As you say, like th- things like his crazy walk, or he just has like that kind of crazy look in his eye that anything could happen at any point. But he's also got like that kind of intelligence about him that he's got everything yeah. so well planned, and he knows what everybody's next move's going to be, and he's always thinking like two or three steps ahead of everybody else. So, and even just the way like uh, there's a scene in it, like when he's talk, I can't remember, but he's like he's like his hairs in his face, mm-hmm. and even the way he moves his the hair at his face, he's so erratic in his movements, like. He's just, like he's, I think he's fantastic. Um, just going about being the best. Like I know a lot of people would say Mark Hamill is the best, the best Joker. Yeah. Um, I, I would keep this for live action, though, not not animated stuff or other games. Even he does the voice for the games as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. So Hans Gruber. Yeah, um, there's something about him. I don't know what it is, but he's just got like a certain charm to him as well as being like pretty evil and again <clears throat> I think it's like I think I like my, inte- my villains to be intelligent and not just like big muscle bound freaks yeah. about smashing stuff up like yeah definitely I think I like them to have that kind of element to them that they can outwit their their enemy so um, yeah Hans Gruber had his, his plan in Nakatomi Towers down to a T pretty much if it wasn't for that <laughs> Pesky, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I think he's the the best one for me. Um, he's whole wee bit in the, the rooftop with John McClane as well, where he's, he's putting on his American accent and yeah, he's he's remembered the name, so <clears throat> he, he thinks he's kind of got away with it, um, like tricking John McClane. So yeah, I think for me, he's the favourite, or he's my my favourite one and the best villain out there. He didn't have. He's a, a bit again, a bit like the Joker. He didn't have like superpowers or anything. He's just a smart guy who is quite driven in what he's doing. Yeah, it's probably as well because they're both men. Mm-hmm. You can sort of like it. I guess it increases that like sort of fear factor a little bit because if they've got superpowers or whatever, then it's like detached from reality. Yeah, because um, especially obviously with. Um, Obviously with Kruber because it's all set, it's all sort of meant to be, sort of grounded or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, well, even with Nolan's Batman films, like no one has superpowers in his Batman films. Yeah, like even even Bane, who sort of like 
sort of genetic freak in, in any other like sort of whether it be the comic books or animation or even the that terrible um, <laughs> was, he was in the Clooney one wasn't he? Uh, I can't remember what one it was but yeah you, uh, I try garbage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's just a, this big genetic freak whereas like he's not in in the, the most recent one a um, couple of honourable honorable mentions for me obviously Darth Vader I don't know if you can you probably can't talk about villains without talking about Darth Vader yep um, and he's kind of like he's kind of um, you don't get much of Darth Vader actually um, obviously the originals the more the originals go on the, the more you get them but I, I love them um, in Rogue One mm-hmm. probably Probably gave us a last live action Daffy that we'll ever get. Um, this, well, unless maybe we'd be down the future. Um, but that scene at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. It's just so good. Like, and the thing about it's, it's Star Wars probably does this in general is like, you when he when he comes in at the end of Rogue One. You sort of switch teams straight away. Yeah, <laughs> like like yeah, you, like you're all the way through Rogue One. You're rooting for the the rebel the rebels, and then all of a sudden Darth Vader walks through this door, and it, you hear him breathing, and then you just see the lightsaber come on. You're like, yes, I'm, I'm Team Vader. Yeah, like um, I also <laughs> put down uh, Cobra Kai Sensei from oh, yeah. Kids. Nice, <laughs> just a wee bit of wee bit of Karate Kid in there, <laughs> um, just because it was like. Me and my brother grew up watching Karate Kids, um, especially the first two. Um, I just remember like you watching Karate Kid, and then like for the next hour you'd practice the crane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just because it's just just the first like him and the, the the kid that's in it as well, the the blonde. What's his name? The blonde kid that's in it. Like, Ooh, um, I do not remember. You just sort of like the first like two two sort of villains. I remember like really disliking. Because you guess you're more sort of caught up on the good, like being on like the the good guys team yeah. when you're a little boy, than more so than when you when you get older and you sort of get a better understanding of the comp complexities of of characters. Mm-hmm. Anyone else that stood out to you? Yeah, so on mine, I also have Loki. Um, oh yeah, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Certainly the best villain in the, the MCU. Yeah, he's got he's got like something about him as well that I think touches on like what my the, the other villains that I've mentioned um and that he's intelligent and he's got like um he, he's always got, got like a kind of trick up his sleep, sleeve not just because he's like a magician essentially but <laughs> because he's he, he's always like thinking ahead um, yeah. of his his enemies so yeah I had Loki there and then um Tom Hiddleston's like again he's got a charming element of him I think it's hard yeah, not definitely. to like him as Loki yeah um, so yeah, I had him in there as well. Um, another mention that I had was Gunnery Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal uh, Jacket. I've got him down as well, uh, but he's, if, I've got him as well. But it's just because, like, for that first like forty minutes, of Full yeah. Metal Jacket is hilarious. Yeah, but like, he, he's like he's so brutal. Like he's at, yeah, he's so nasty as well, and. It's like probably another one I'd maybe just fling in there, which I feel is along the same lines, but I can't remember her name. But it's the woman from Misery. Have you saw that? Oh, I've not seen that film. Oh my god! Like, there's a bit. I won't spoil it. If I, I doubt you'll watch it because it's like a pure old film, but uh, there's a bit with a guy in bed and a wooden block and a sledgehammer. That's probably <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably enough for yeah. I think anyone listening to figure out what's just happened there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like she's like the same type of person where she's just she's got like a pure nasty streak through her and I think that's the same way with Hartman that he takes yeah. advantage of his position and takes advantage of this person who's clearly not right in the head and you know fit for service either. And and then obviously the the consequences of Hartman's yeah. actions, what happens in in the sort of the middle middle part of that film. Um, cool. Just uh, just before we move on to Twitter questions, there's just one more character I want to mention. I'll not talk about him, but uh, just Magneto. Next yeah. main films. Yeah, Love him. Both both uh, Ian McKellen, uh, McKellen, and. Um, Fastbender. <laughs> Fastbender. Wow, my brain just stopped working there. <laughs> I, I, I like them both. I think they're both, both 
both great at, yeah. at the character. Um, so we've got a couple of Twitter questions, um, which is kind of cool, um, from our friends. Um, so we appreciate that. First question is from at Liebs F. Uh, does everyone groan when they hear there's a remake of a well-loved film? Is there one that's better than the original? Hashtag Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven's probably a good shout with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Scarface as well. Yep. Um, now, I don't know if this film is better than the original, because I haven't seen the original. Um, but one of my favourite films of all time, which would be in my top ten films, is The Departed. Yeah. I saw um, the original Infernal Affairs. And right. The original is like really good, but I think this one... Oh, to use a, a phrase that I absolutely hate, but I think this one speaks to us better because it's <laughs> um, American, but or it's set obviously in our kind of culture. But it's Infernal, Korean, is yeah, it Korean? Korean, yeah. yeah. Infernal Affairs is brilliant. Like I would advise anyone to to watch that as well. Yeah, just foreign movies in general. People should watch them. Yeah. Like forget that. It, like just read the subtitles. Um, mm. Appreciate it's a wee bit. I don't know what to use the word difficult. But you can't sit on your phone, you can't sit on your laptop or whatever when you're watching a foreign film because if you're not looking at the screen the whole time, you're going to miss some of the story. And then I do that thing where I'm not paying attention. If I'm not paying attention, I kind of think the film's crap. Mm-hmm. But actually, I don't know if the film's crap because I'm looking at Twitter or Facebook or whatever or Instagram on my phone. Um, but... I don't have a problem with remakes. Obviously, the first part of the question, does everyone groan when they hear a remake? I really I really have no issues with remakes at all. Um, because, like, this or, or sequels or whatever. Because, like, if they do a remake and it's rubbish, I've got the original still. Mm-hmm. And if they do a remake and it's good, then excellent. Like, another good movie to watch. Um, see I understand that but at the same time I still do it like it depends on the film if it's something obviously I find that like is dear to me then I'll be like no please don't touch it but then even some other films as well when I hear that they're doing remakes I'm like why like what's what's the need but I, I understand that they're obviously they're trying to use something that's maybe worked in the past and try and redo it to, to make a bit more money or whatever but yeah, I don't really see the need for it um, but but then you, like even just look at like we we spoke about Batman quite a bit but Batman is better than the original yeah <laughs> like yeah. do you know what I mean um, um, I also I'll just chuck, chuck in some of the ones I had uh, again a couple of them I've not seen the originals but they're not ones that I would ever watch because they're they're too old and not my style but I had like the the Fly I, I remember seeing the original or the the remake of the fly that like I love that. Um True Grit, I don't know if you saw that, like the one that was out not that yeah. long ago. John Wayne's in the first True Grit, so Yeah, that's why I'm thinking um, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> good old Marion there. Um I don't like I cannot stand John Wayne films. But yeah. my dad there's no way my dad's gonna listen. My dad doesn't even know we've started this podcast, but <laughs> my dad is the biggest John Wayne f- fan. In the whole wide world, you know, he'd just be like, you'd watch a film and there'd be like an action hero, and he'd be like, well, John Wayne could could take him down with one punch. <laughs> well, could he? Could he, Dad? And so the fact that he's not in the remake, I've seen the remake as well. I really enjoyed it, obviously with uh, Matt Damon and uh, Jeff Bridges, the coolest man yeah. uh, in the world, uh, and I really enjoyed uh, Trigger. Um, so yeah, that's a good show. Trigger is better than the original. I've also got a couple others I'll just throw in there as well. Um, Dawn of the Dead, I liked, I, I, I really liked the, I think it was Zack Snyder that done the most recent yeah. version of Dawn of the Dead. Um, I really loved that. This one, that next one I've got is kind of a remake, but not really, is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And it's not a remake of obviously Planet of the Apes, but it's kind of a remake of Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Uh-huh. Um, and it follows it, like it's about Caesar and about his rise. So that, that for me is like a better remake, but it's not a direct remake of that movie. Um, Dread as well, and um, had King Kong also. Like not the, yeah. not the most recent one. I prefer the Peter Jackson one minus the first half hour or hour or whatever it is of that movie. But yeah, those were my best ones that I picked out. Yeah, I'm sure there's more. And obviously, um, again, like probably 
I've not seen it, but just from the way people talk about Scarface as well, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, being a remake, I think the problem is people, the, a lot of people who moan about remakes are probably some of their favourite films are remakes, mm-hmm. yeah. but because they're films from either foreign films or um, for films from like the 50s or the 60s, do you know what I mean, that they, they've not paid any attention to. Um, one film that's not better than original Ghostbusters the new one yeah I had a few worse <laughs> ones like <laughs> yeah it is not uh, and like uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't hate the new Ghostbusters the way everyone does but uh, yeah it's not I don't know no good um, I had uh, I've found who appears to be the king of bad remakes um, but I have forgotten his name completely it is the director of um, Alice in Wonderland Charlie and Chocolate Factory um, oh Tim, Tim Burton aye Tim Burton and also he did a remake of Planet of the Apes as well which was oh with Wahlberg yeah and he kisses the ape at the end yeah that's that done it for me man I was just like, <laughs> what are you doing yeah like I vividly remember sitting in the cinema watching that and just be like, nah, he's going to kiss that ape. Yeah. It's just yeah. He's the, the king of bad remakes for me because that was like three stinkers that he put out. So, yeah, I had that down as well. I would also just like to point out that I'm all for not judging people on appearances, but you don't kiss apes. That's just, <laughs> yeah. that is weird. Um, another question just before we go. Uh, Benji, at Benji R. Goodwin, uh, asks us for our thoughts on a follow-up to District 9. Yes. How do you feel about that? If there ever will be one? Uh, I've mixed feelings because I love the film. I love the movie and I thought it was brilliant. Um, but I'm not sure how I feel about the director carrying on with it because he's not really put out any great movies since then so yeah. I'm not too sure how I feel about it he's, he's he's just in the past couple of weeks released a short video hasn't he yeah I've not watched that. it I've not watched it yet I'm, I'm going to check that out because I think people are saying that that's quite good mm-hmm. um, yeah because he started his own I think he started his own company and that's what he's doing is he's just releasing shorts and then in the hope that big companies will pick it up and want to do like a feature on it right I mean I've seen he's only done three films hasn't he Um, at least three sort of major releases I think so yeah Um, I I uh, I loved District 9 Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's do you know when you go into like we we both have these cinema passes for a particular cinema where we can go and see we pay a monthly fee we can go see as many films as we want sort of thing Um. And I remember going to see this just because I had that facility and I wanted to go to cinema, not really knowing too much about it, and then being blown away with how by how good of a science sort of alien invasion film because of that different twist on like actually aliens come to uh, Earth and essentially are put in concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like aliens are are taking over the world; it's like humans are treating them like. Uh, Less, even less than third class citizens. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I love the guy who's in it as well, um, Shalto Copley. But then, he, he, even to the point you just made there about Bloom Bloom Camp, uh, is that what's he done since District Nine? Yeah, well, he, he, he's, he's in Elysium. Yep, yeah. he was in Chappie, mm. which. <laughs> <laughs> like if you look at the if you look at Bloomcamp's films, like I really think they've went like District Nine, Elysium, Chappie. Like yeah. they've got worse as he as he's done them. Yeah. I know he's in the A team, which I have no interest in no interest at all in watching the A team again. He was in that movie out I don't think you went to see it. He's in Free Fire actually this year, which I really enjoyed and he was good in that. Um he was in that Hardcore Henry a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was in Maleficent. <laughs> oh my God, don't. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh, you mean saying I watched that quite a lot and it's um, quite, oh, ma- quite hard. Maleficent, all the way through the <laughs> film, it's just so annoying. Um, but I mean, that, all, all that said though, like, I, w- I would take a District 10. Yeah. I want to see. I want. I would. I want more from that world. Um, yeah. So I would. I would certainly. I would certainly take it. Um, 
I think as well, I would, if, if he was to come up with something for it as well and take it to a studio, like I think they would take it because it made like two hundred and ten million, uh, sorry, million worldwide. So it made yeah. enough money compared to like the budget it was on. I think because it was like yeah, and, and keep that keep that low budget as well though. Yeah, um, because he's probably he's got he's got bigger budgets each time, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he has. And so it probably maybe one of maybe he's one of these directors that works better on a budget. Yeah, because it has to he has to. Be more creative in how he and how he goes about things instead of saying, "Well, we've got the money to do this, do this sort of thing." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely though. Um, sort of take me wrap it up though uh, today. Uh, just before we do that though, um, either on Tuesday or Wednesday, guys, we will be releasing a spoiler review for War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, so don't only listen to that if you've seen the film or. You don't care about spoilers. <laughs> um, also, just ask that you follow us on Twitter uh, and on Instagram, both at Movie Podders. Um, if you've listened, <laughs> if you've been listening, thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you back next week for episode three. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.